Are we ready? Yeah, we're ready, man. Let's roll. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Up 613 podcast, where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground. My name is Mark Rice, and I am joined by Jonathan Denton. Here I am, boys. Here you are, and the one and only Aaron Wojcik. What's up? What's up? All right, guys, we are back. This is our for a fourth installment of our whole Armor of God series. And we've been going over the armor of God, and now we are going to be going over. What are we going over? Going over the feet, my man. The feet. That's right. We are going to be talking about feet. We're going to be talking about covering our feet, That's not with right. not just with some new kicks or some new uh, tube socks. You <laughs> know that trend seems to be coming back. No, no, we're going to be we're going to be covering our feet just as the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 615. He said, and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, there's a funny word in that scripture. I always just, you know, shod, shod. What does that mean? What, what are we talking about? Shod. First of all, before we talk about shod, let's talk about shoes for a second. Did you all ever have those pumps growing up? Uh, let me tell you something, man. My dad, I love him so much, but he was cheap. He was cheap. <laughs> you didn't have pumps. Buddy, I didn't get my first pair of Nike Airs until I was in the seventh grade. <laughs> and that's, I think, because they were on discount. You remember those pumps? I was like... The Reebok. Pump, yeah, you pumped them up. And you D. Brown. You, remember D. Brown yeah. of the Celtics? You thought you could jump higher or run faster because, you know, you had the pumps. Yeah, pump, pump. I pump wanted the pumps so bad, and uh, I asked my mom for them. And she she didn't get them because they were really expensive. And instead, she kept buying me uh, Chuck Taylor, the Converse All Stars. Hey, they're in style now, though, buddy. And and I, I wore I'm those all the time. And that was the only. And I hated them. I was so embarrassed to wear them. And you know, by the time I got some pumps, then the Converse All Stars were in style, and nobody and was wearing pumps, and I was looking ridiculous. <laughs> you're like, dude. You're like five that years. That was like behind. five years ago. <laughs> I saw these pumps at Goodwill, and I wanted to get them. I think that's why I have a shoe complex now, because my dad would not buy me the shoes that I wanted and that were in style, you know, used to get made fun of. There's a man out there that needs to buy Mark a new pair of tennis shoes. I can buy my own now. (laughs) You know, I went in talking about Converse and shoes. I went to the Converse store. I just got my bonus and I was like, I'm going to treat myself to a new pair of Converse, which I've always wanted. I walk in wanting one pair. But since they had such a good clearance sale, I walked out with four pair. Oh, wow. But the money marketing, I spent on four pair. Marketing success. They got me. But well, I bought, I bought a new pair of shoes this weekend also. I went to Goodwill to drop some stuff off. And I, I went in to the Goodwill, which was a mistake. But they had uh, some Nike golf shoes for $5 that actually fit close enough. Did you disinfect them? No. <laughs> I trust the goodwill. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Yeah, right. What? Aaron, you just walk in and you can smell clean. <laughs> if that's a smell of clean, let me be dirty. <laughs> Aaron, quit scratching your But feet. anyway. Um, so back to the topic at hand. Which uh, was? Which was? Shod. Shod. We're going to be uh, preparing our, uh, what was it? Shod your feet with the, pre- 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 with the preparation right. of the gospel of peace. So, um 
a lot of people, you may read that scripture and scratch your head and be like, what does it mean to shod your feet with something? Uh, I did a little research. So we're talking about underbinding or to bind under oneself or to bind on. So you're going to bind on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace, um, which would lead me to this question, guys. Why Why is Paul even, why is he mentioning this as part of God's armor and why does he have it up there in the top two or three? Right. Right. You know, the, the shoes is so important and, you know, not being funny here, but, um, the older I've gotten, the more, um, the more I invest in shoes. Right. Because, you know, your shoes are just, they're so important in the whole body. In fact, I saw, I saw something the other day. Where was I at? But it showed. And the older you get, the more you forget. (laughs) (laughs) It showed like when the feet was aligned. Like it aligned with the whole body. Right. But, Spine and everything. Right, right, right. But when the feet was out, it produced more pressure on the knees and on the hips and on everything else. And, you know, shoes are so important. And the terrain we walk on determines what kind of shoes we wear. Right. So one of my pet peeves is I cannot stand wearing dress shoes if I know I'm going to be out walking on rocks or getting them muddy, getting them dirty. And it's interesting because in a battle – Paul said this, you know, diving right into the scripture. He said, you better have shoes of peace. I mean, just, and and we're going to talk about this for a while, but men, go ahead and let that settle into your thoughts of you've got to have a foundation of peace within your life. And if peace is not aligned at the foundation of your life, it's going to put pressure on every other aspect of your life. So obviously Paul knew the terrain that we're going to be fighting on is a terrain of hostility. Right. And, and and if you go back, what I like to do when we're, when we're diving into the armor is to actually, okay, so let's look at the armor and how it was used back in their day. So I did some searching about um, the Roman soldiers and like, what did their sandals look like? Like, what did their shoes look like when, um, for, for a soldier back in that time. And I found out some pretty cool information. So like the, these leather sandals, uh, they, they would strap around the ankle and they would go up, you know, toward the lower leg to give them support and help give them balance. And one of the cool features of these sandals that they would wear is on the bottom, they would have what's called hobnails. And you could kind of liken that to um, cleats on football, on, on a pair of football cleats or, right. or, or uh, baseball cleats. You have these hobnails, and those were there to give the soldier the extra traction that they needed or the extra footing that they needed, especially if they were in close engagement with the enemy. So could you imagine like having a wrestling match with somebody when you're wearing your 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 dress shoes. There's right. no traction on there. They're slick. Right. Um, you, you know, so you have these specific sandals with designs, you know, for the support. They were made out of uh, leather for strength and durability. You have the traction on the bottom. Um, so they have its place in it and has its purpose. And you already talked about this a little bit. Like, you know, would you agree that shoes are important to protect your feet when you're walking, wherever you're going? Like, if you're going to go hiking, you're not going to put on a pair of flip-flops. If you're right. going to play football, you know, you're not going to put on a pair of Chuck Taylors. You know what I mean? If you're going to play baseball, you're not going to wear a pair of pumps that 
our parents wouldn't buy us, Aaron. I understand. <laughs> I was going to say, I did wear Chuck Taylors for all of those sports just because <laughs> that's what I had. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I had. But you would never see an American soldier right. out on the battleground right. wearing a pair of Chuck Taylors or flip-flops. He is going to have not just any type of boots, not cowboy boots, not even wrestling boots, but he's going to have combat boots that are designed for that moment, in, for, for, for that purpose, for that job that right. they have to do, right? So. Absolutely. And I, I was studying up on this, and, and I also read that the shoes, and they called them greaves, at least Matthew Henry did, but uh, they're like shin guards. But they were made out of brass sometimes, and that was to <clears throat> to shield their feet and shins from uh, sharpened sticks, or they called them gall traps, which were these nasty little metal spiky things that they would the enemy would throw out in the weeds or whatever so as they would be walking through if they if they weren't wearing the right the right shoes they would step on these things and puncture through their feet and so basically you know it it was also used to protect their feet from the things that the enemy would would throw out um because if your feet are wounded it's pretty hard to advance right if you can't you can't walk i mean your your foot's cut up and your toes got chopped off, I and mean, you're going to have a hard time right. engaging in battle. You're like a sitting duck. Right. You know? And any time you battle, battle is always on rough terrain. I mean, when's the last time they battled on AstroTurf? You know what right. I mean? <laughs> right. You have to have the right footwear, and it's so interesting because Paul ties all this into peace, is that you have to have that foundation of peace, and this is why is because – the terrain that we're fighting on is a terrain of hostility. Um, our current environment that we're living in, men, is an environment of rage, hostility. Um, it's it's a it's a battle that's taking place within our whole society, and our foundation and core must be a peace. And I was thinking about this today in preparation for this um, about how Christ displayed that. Um, I just want to give you guys just a, a real quick history lesson. And I don't want to bore anybody, but obviously we know that Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And any time in the Old Testament that families would present their lambs, I mean, you got to think about this. There was hundreds and hundreds of lambs that was taken to the temple. And so there was a process that took place for all those lambs to be slain. And there was two rows of priests, and the head priest was at the end, and the family would give the lamb to the one priest, and he would pass it pass it down, and then the head priest would slice the throat of the lamb, okay? Mm-hmm. Let the blood pour out, and then he would pass the dead lamb to the other side. They said by the end of that time, imagine the hundreds of lambs that were slain. They said by the end of that time, the priest was covered from head to toe in blood. Okay, now this is the point that I want to point out to you. The Bible says that Jesus was brought as a lamb before the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. The Bible says that when he came, he came with peace. He came with the attitude and mindset that people are out to kill me. People are out to destroy me. People do not want to see my kingdom come forth. But Jesus said, my kingdom will come forth, but it's going to come forth in peace. Jesus' entire message was a message of hope that he delivered by peace. Um, he, he didn't fight the people. He didn't combat the people. He didn't argue with the people. And, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking of about the preparation of the gospel of peace 
with us men today is this, is think about the political terrain that we are living in today. Oh, boy. Think about the social media terrain that we live in right now. Think about your employment, where you work at, in that terrain. We are living in a terrain that is all about rage and anger, and, and people have to get their opinions and thoughts out there, and the protesting. And I'm not saying any of that's you know, bad or good or whatever. I'm not getting into that. But my point is, is it's an environment of that. And if our response is not a response of peace, then we aren't responding in Paul's way that he said. Right. Because when you break down the scripture, okay, I I got into the concordance and I was trying to break down certain key elements of the scripture. So it says, so, and shod, shod meaning to bind, bind on, then you go your feet with the preparation, preparation meaning the act of preparing or readiness right. of the gospel of peace. And the, that section um, of peace means the way that leads to peace or salvation. Mm. So we are supposed to bind on our feet a readiness of the gospel that leads to peace or salvation. Wow. We, we are always to be ready to share peace in the way of salvation Yeah, on our feet. Really, really. I mean, if you if you break it down, Christians are, are to be known as peacemakers, not troublemakers. That's good. Uh, Matthew five nine says, "God blesses those who work for peace, for they'll be called the children of God." In other words, the children. If you want to be known as the children of God, you also should be known for peace. And <clears throat> when we wear the when we're our feet are shod with with the uh, preparation of the gospel of peace, to me, it's about being that peacemaker. In, in every situation, and, and as men especially, the the temptations that we face, or or those those traps that we would be stepping on, if you will, are are usually targeting our tempers, and it's very easy mm-hmm. for us to lose our cool, whether it's at work or, you know, if it's replying to social media posts that, you know, stir up our our righteous indignation, and we have all these things that, you know. Satan would love to use to take away that that uh, uh, that peace, and and we would become troublemakers, or maybe not even troublemakers, but maybe just argumentative. Right, right. That's contentious. The way that we the way that we handle a situation as a Christian is we have to seek peace first instead of even being right or wrong mm. or proving a point. Really, what we should be known as as Christians is that person who always brings in, you know, a calm response to a situation. And to do that, it really, you know, because it, in this sense, again, we're not talking about we have some, we can pick up some literal shoes that we put on and it'll make us have peace. Really, what it comes down to is, is the Spirit of God within right. us. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Galatians 5.22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, and it says love, joy, and peace. Right. So the peace that we seek and the peace that we need to handle these situations that we, we come up with in, in our life and, and what we, we put on this preparation to face is really the, the Spirit of God that's in us, that, you know, being full of the Spirit, we can be like Stephen. You know, we can have people throwing stones at our head. 
and we have no no ill words to come back or to try to defend ourselves even and, you know at that point is is how he handled it and and in that in that moment people knew that he had the spirit of god because of that because right. he handled himself yeah and and this is the core of what paul is talking about here your feet are the foundation and if we are constantly in the middle of a fight if we are constantly in the middle of a battle, if, if we are constantly raging, then it, peace is not at the core of, of what we're doing. And, man, I love that scripture, what you just read about the peacemakers. Yeah. That is, uh, how many troublemakers do we have? And everybody just wants to, everybody will fight just to make sure that they're heard and they think that they're right. Instead of, you know, bringing peace to the table, Right, people it just... It's almost like you don't want to deflate your ego, right? right. People yeah. just want to, I just want to say my my part. I just want to put my two cents in. Right. And it's like, it's not about that. That's not using wisdom in most parts. And, and it's not a matter of who right of, of who's right and who's wrong. Because right. there's a lot of dads out there. Our character is this, is we have to make sure that the wife knows that we're right. Or uh, the, the people at my job, I've got to make sure they know that I'm right. It's not a matter of who's right and who's wrong. It's a matter of who can speak peace. Exactly. Who can speak peace? I like what you said. Like I just, um, with with our feet, right? Our feet is the is our foundation of our body. Right. Right. The gospel of peace is the foundation mm-hmm. of our armor. Right. Right. It doesn't matter what you do if your attitude is terrible. It doesn't matter how, you know, Paul said it best. You could speak in tongues. You can do this. You can do that. You can right. whatever. But if you don't have love. Right. It's just sound of tinkling cymbals. Right. right. So the foundation of of us, where we walk, we when we walk into a room, the atmosphere should change. Right, we're bringing the peace of That's the gospel. Exactly right. We're bringing the Amen. way. We're bringing the way of salvation, right? Absolutely. And I think it's so it's so important that, like like Jonathan said, the the time that we're living in right now, where you don't have to look very far to see contention everywhere. Right. And there was a there was a place in in the gospels where Jesus was speaking to the people, and and they were kind of. It, they were okay with what he was saying, but at, at then he kind of just starts. He comes out and says, "You know, there's a there's a lot of people here who aren't doing right." Uh, well, anyway, when the people heard this, the the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. This was Jesus. They were treating this way, right? And they intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Now. Jesus chose to just disappear, which he could have taken several several actions to defend himself as God right. in the flesh. He could have struck them all blind. He could have he could have just pushed them all back with some supernatural force <laughs> and revealed who he was. Right, and they would have probably never had another word to say about it. But Jesus took the the position of instead of establishing his credibility or getting them to pay him attention and, and respect, he simply chose to disappear. And I think sometimes our, our actions as Christians is not necessarily to defend God or a certain political position or even a church. 
<clears throat> but our our position is to remain quiet, you know, because again, it, it, we're we're called to be peacemakers, and then sometimes that means not speaking at all, and I think that's hard because sometimes we have we have our own biases and passions, and right. and everybody has something that you get you get worked up about. I mean, everybody looks through Facebook and and sees that one person who who comes out with something that's absurd. And, and, you know, you, you sit there and you might write a, write a response and delete it and then write it again and <laughs> have a little war with yourself. And maybe you even ask your wife about it. And she said, no, don't post that. <laughs> I take you, you've done that before. <laughs> yeah, I can see Aaron at the keyboard like, I'm oh, going to send it. I'm going to send it. He was like, I, uh, do I'm it. good. I don't ever reply to post. In my head, though, man, I, I <laughs> have some responses. Tear because, them up, baby. Yeah, rip them up. Because I, I see these people writing this stuff, and I know that if I was to stoop to the level to respond to them, even though in my eyes I would be justified in, in calling them out on their hypocrisy or whatever it is that offends me, I would be justified in my eyes. But in the end, I would probably get pulled into an argument that would not represent me well as a Christian. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, my point wouldn't matter because every side of the story has two sides. So even though I may find some people who would agree with me, I'd probably find some people that would disagree with me. And by engaging that situation, then I, I would I would ruin my witness with those with that side of the of the of the conversation. I want to read this scripture here. Uh, I ran across this today and it's so rich. It's it's about maybe eight verses here. So follow me. Romans three Verse 10 through 18, the Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, and their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And one writer said it like this, and this is what I wanted to point out, is one writer said, they don't have peace within themselves. Wow. Man, think about that just for a second. They don't have peace within themselves. I want to I just say something to some men that's listening to this right now, who down deep inside you have no peace within yourself and you're frustrated at your job. You're frustrated at your home life, at your marriage. You're frustrated with your children and you're frustrated with all the, the environment around you and the contents around you. And the reason why you're frustrated is because you have no peace within yourself. When you can get peace at the core of who you are, then peace will transmit around you. A hundred percent. I, I can speak to that for myself. Um, you know, for the longest time, I would I would be such a frustrated person, uh, whether it be job, marriage, whatever, all these things that you listed here, Jonathan, like I that was me. And it took up until probably a couple of years ago when I realized I've never been at peace with myself. I've never had that peace inside of me like I didn't walk in it and. You, you've got to, man, you've got to have that peace inside of you. You've got to be at peace with who you are. Right. 
You've got to be at peace with who you are as and a man. And where you are. And where you are. Exactly. Like Paul said, you know, find contentment in all things. Not saying you have to stay where you're at. You could always strive to be better, but find contentment and find peace in your current situation and be okay with that. Because if you don't, your life is miserable. You will find fault everywhere you go. You'll find fault in your friendships. You'll find fault in your marriages. You'll find fault in your kids. You'll find fault at your job. You'll never be happy. You'll always be looking for something else, the next big thing, the next thrill, the next whatever, all because you have you don't have the peace right. that God has intended for you. I know this is not a marriage deal, uh, a marriage topic, but let me just throw this in here. If there's any men in here that's having marriage problems, The problem is not your spouse. The problem is you. 100%. The problem is you. And until you change you and until you have a peace within who you are and where God has you, then your marriage will never be thriving. Your marriage will never be successful because you don't have peace within you. And I think the message of the hour, uh, not just within this podcast, but the message of of this age and the message of this society and within our homes is bring peace back. Absolutely. Bring peace back. My God, when you go home, stop stop cursing and, and stop uh, saying things that you know is going to rival the fire. Speak peace. For I'm, goodness sakes, man. I'm glad when my wife and I, we talk about this a lot now. Like our house is so peaceful. There's no drama. There's no anger. Like it's our house is truly a house, a home a home of refuge and a home of peace. Like you, like you walk into some places you're going, Oh my God, this place is nuts. Right. But I'm thankful like our house, there's not a house of fighting and, and quarreling and bickering and picking and and fighting. But it's actually, you can feel the peace of God when you walk into our house and it's, it's just very tranquil, and I'm very thankful for that, that that's the kind of house, the kind of home with the, that we have, the there, environment we put in there. Yeah, there are, some, there are some people that I know that they cannot function unless there is chaos going on around them. They, they And I know you think I'm crazy, but I promise you they're out there. People, that's what people strive off of. Is they, they can't function and they can't think, they can't live unless they are warring with someone. And it's if it's not their in laws, then it's their, <laughs> then it's it's somebody in their family, somebody at their job. It's a family member, it's a spouse, it's a child. They are looking for somebody, somebody to be chaotic with, and they can't function without that. Think of the dysfunction yeah, of that. Somebody's Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, they're looking for something. Yeah, and and people are so sensitive nowadays to where you they're just waiting for one thing to be said. And let's reverse that, men. Let's look for the opportunity to speak peace. Right. Because I know and you know that tomorrow when we get up, we know that there's going to be an opportunity for us to be able to speak peace. And it goes back to a choice. Right. Right? Absolutely. Just like when Paul Paul is telling the church here in Ephesus, he's like, put it on. You're not born with it on. You're not born with shoes on your feet. He's saying right. to shod your feet. You've got to bind it up. Right. You've got to take the effort to bend down and bind that onto your feet. You've got to take the time to bend down and get on your knees and pray and ask God to prepare yourself for the day. Absolutely. It's a choice that you make every day. Yep. My son right now, he's he's going through this phase. I don't know if it's the Arkansas coming out in him or what, but we can't get him to wear shoes when he goes out. 
And I, I keep telling him, Oliver, you've got to wear shoes on your feet. Because, I mean, right now there's there's a lot of construction going on around our house and there's rocks and everything. I don't see how he does it anyway because I can't hardly walk out on the patio without shoes on. But he, he gets so mad about me making him put shoes on. The other day I told him, if I see you outside without shoes on, I'm going to ground you because I was just tired of him not doing what I say. And uh, <clears throat> so five minutes later I look and he's running across the street in socks. <laughs> and I said, Oliver, I said, I told you to put shoes on. And he's like, well, dad, I have socks on. <laughs> My feet are covered, dad. I said, that's worse. Now you're going to hurt your feet and ruin your socks. Mommy's got to do laundry. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's, I think there's, there's something to be said as far as the Bible says to put on, put on peace. Right. And, and then it uses... A specific shoe. I mean, they're talking about, we've already talked about how that shoe was designed to fulfill the purpose of, of protecting the feet through combat. You know, again, not, not farming or anything else. There was a specific purpose and, and it required a specific shoe. And in this case, when we're talking about peace, that, that peace, ha- we have to make sure that we are getting our peace from the right source which is the spirit of God. If, if we're trying to find peace through other things or other, that's good. other people, that's a great point. Or, uh, you know, if we could just, if I could do this, then I could find some peace. Uh, and, and peace, we've got to get peace from the source that, that is going to be genuine, which is the spirit of God. And it's a fruit of the spirit. I mean, right. it, the Bible says to stir up the gift that's within you. And that is specifically speaking about the Holy ghost. And and we have the Holy Ghost for more than, you know, a good shout in the church. Right. Uh, the, the Holy Ghost that we have produces that peace inside of us. And we stir that up. Like Mark said, every day when we wake up in the morning, we can say, we don't, we don't have to say, oh, I hope I have peace today or God, give me peace. Really, it's more of a matter of understanding what is inside of you and, and say, God, stir that peace up in me and help me as the situations... I, as I walk today, right. Let me walk in peace. You know, and you talking about that it remind me of the scripture Philippians uh, four and seven, where so people they're trying to find peace in other things. They're trying to find peace in in their spouse. They're trying to find peace in worshiping their children or peace at their in their job because of the fulfillment right. or uh, the notoriety that they have and the level of success and that big fat paycheck that they got. You know, I got peace knowing that I'm 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 this. I'm at this level in my career and I'm living in this kind of house and I'm living this kind of lifestyle. That's not the kind of peace because all that stuff is it's temporal. It's earthly. It can be taken away tomorrow. We're talking about the peace that Philippians four and seven says it says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the kind of peace that you need, which passes all understanding when you get that cancer report, when something crazy happens, when you lose your job. I remember when I got that call into the office and I lost my job. You know what? I can safely say I made one phone call when that happened. I called my pastor. I said, I'm losing my job today. I just need you to pray that God will open a door. And I knew I had peace that God was going to take care of my right. wife and I. I knew right. it. I knew I knew God wasn't going to turn his hand away against us. Right. Right. That's peace that passes understanding. Right. 
my mind and my heart was kept in, in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Right? When things happen to our parents that we don't understand or or, or when life just right. demolishes us, right? If you have that true peace, if you're walking in that true peace, your heart yeah. and your mind, two of the most important things that you have to protect, your heart and your mind. If you don't protect your mind... Right. And we're going to get into the helmet of salvation and that later on, and we'll really dig into that. But that's the kind of peace that we need. We can't find peace in money and in temporal things, but finding peace in God. Right. And I think, man, you need to ask yourself this question today is where are you getting your peace from? Absolutely. Ask yourself that question right now and, and internalize that question and search and say, where am I getting my peace from? Because peace can only come from God. Uh, it comes from his spirit. I want to read the scripture, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says this because the Bible talked about the gospel of peace. Um, for And this is very well known scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And watch this. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and listen to this last one, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. This is what this is what we need to hear today, men, is that God's kingdom, when it's established within your lives, it will produce a resulting peace. It, it will it will produce that. And you can only get peace from the Prince of Peace. And so I want to challenge every man that's listening today to search within yourself and, and ask yourself, am I warring with everyone? Am I raging with everyone? Is there more war around me or is there more peace coming from me? Am I a troublemaker or am right. I a peacemaker? When when you walk in the room, are people going, oh, man, Aaron's here. Yeah. Jonathan's here. Yeah. Mark's here. He's probably got something smart to say. <laughs> right? Or when you walk in the room, is like, oh, I'm so glad that he's here, because if you're covered, if you've if you've bound up your feet, right, 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 with the peace of the gospel, when you walk in the room, the atmosphere should change. Right, people should be drawn to you. They should feel, they should feel that it should be flowing off of you. And I want to I want to just ask another point: is what is stealing the peace from you? Because there are things that will steal peace, things that will come into your life that you know that when you get around this person or you get around this certain item or whatever it may be, it will take the peace out of you and it causes hostility and rage within you. So ask yourself, what is trying to steal peace from me? Because whatever it is, man, you've got to get that out of your life. Um, you, you've got to get that out of your life and at the core of who you are, allow the Prince of Peace to settle in and bring peace over your marriage, over your family, over your children, over your job, over your life. And and I will say this, you got to watch the negativity in your own life. The Philippians says, uh, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Especially in the culture we live in today, there, if you turn on a TV or any media source, you're going to be bombarded with negativity. 
and and the more we think about things or the more we get critical about things we like or we don't like that stuff can can bombard you and before you know it all you're thinking about is negative things and and that can that can steal your peace quicker than anything because everything you'll start to look around before you know it you don't have a good word about anything right you know if you ask there's something i can't stand is when people start getting negative you know in a conversation and before you know it they've they've talked themselves into complete depression over you know just being starting out with a you know well it's raining out well, it's always raining, <laughs> you know. I ain't seen the sun in years. I ain't seen that, you know. And it's it's, it's funny, but at the time, at the same time, you, I th- I encourage everybody to take a look at yourself, your conversations for today, and just That's say right. how many of these conversations or, or daydreams or whatever did, did did I have that were negative, yeah. you know. And when we find ourselves going down that road, stop yourself. If you're in a conversation, just stop and say, you know. Hey, you know what? Let's let's talk about something else because this is this is bringing me down or whatever you got to say. But you know, guard yourself from that negativity because that will rob your peace quicker than anything. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Absolutely, absolutely. We um, we we have a uh, an Instagram group where we just add stuff and and share things. And my wife, she thought it was a great idea. Like, hey, let's this week, right, for the next you know seven to fourteen days, um post in our Instagram chat, you know, something that you're three things you're thankful for. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just whatever. I mean, just like it's a small things, right? right? You know, like whether it be like, I remember I had like uh, lunch at five points pizza and that's just one of my absolute favorite places. I'm like, you know, I'm thankful that I could go to a really good pizza place. <laughs> I got this and I got that. You know what I mean? Just, just pizza all, brings you peace. It does. A piece of a, pizza. A piece of peace. There you go, man. You know, just happen to have meatballs and cheese on it. <laughs> but it's all about your perspective in life, right? When my wife and I went on vacation a few weeks ago, it rained a lot. We could have let that get us down. But it's all about perspective. Right. Number one, I was blessed. My wife and I are blessed that we could afford to go and have a place right there on the beach. I got to spend the week with my best friend where we got to reconnect and we got to just spend great time together and work on our marriage disconnected from everybody. Right. And then I got to veg out and pig out on Tostino's pizza. (laughs) I know what you guys are thinking. Those dollar pizzas you get at Walmart. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's all about perspective, man. Sensing a theme here. Yeah, dude, I love pizza. (laughs) I love it. Is your your piece connected to pizza? My piece is connected to food, which is a problem that I'm working on. (laughs) That's another episode. That's another episode. (laughs) That's gluttony. That's going to be coming up in five weeks, and hopefully I'll be down about 25 pounds by then. (laughs) We can't talk about it until you get to his his goal weight. (laughs) I know. So I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. But but yeah, guys, um, I, I really, we're going to put a bow on this. This episode went deeper than what I thought it would. And, you know, the things that the Lord brought out in this episode, I pray men who are listening to this and even women who have been listening to this, that you take away from this episode something that will challenge you, something that will inspire you and cause you to be better. 
because as Christians, we should always be on guard and we should always be working, uh, striving toward the mastery as Apostle Paul said before, right? So thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. Um, I want to make sure that you guys know that you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at the Armor Up 613. Uh, that's at the Armor Up 613, and that will be in the show description for you. And then also check out our website, www.armorup613.com. Uh, you can join our free member site to get access to our blogs, our podcast updates. Uh, we post our show notes in there. So all this stuff that we're talking about today is going to be posted on our website. So you can look at our notes. These I post the, our exact notes that we go off of so you can see what we're talking about and you can see how we get our show together and then our thoughts for it. So sign up. It's free. Um, like I said, all and there's also other free material we're going to be putting on there to help you prepare yourself for the spiritual battleground. So join us on our next episode of Armor Up 613, where we are going to be discussing the shield of faith. So remember, it's a battleground, not a playground. It's time to armor up. Catch you on the next episode. Hello. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Armor Up 613 podcast, where we are preparing men for the spiritual battleground and the jostling of the cords. <laughs>